have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of the Gospel Coaching Podcast. Uh, Andy is here with me once again. You want to say hi? Hi, uh, Pastor Andy, uh, Redeemer Church here in Norman. Uh, I'm excited to be here and that's to, to do an Amos kind of wrap up. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. Um, I guess we finished Amos up sometime last month. Um, it's it, The whole year, it's been hard to keep track of when anything happened. <laughs> but um, yeah, so sorry this is coming to y'all a little bit later than our actual Amos series. But um, yeah, we wanted to give a chance to um, maybe answer any last questions or just give Andy one last chance to tell us anything that he didn't get to cover on his <laughs> Sundays through Amos. So we're here to talk about Amos with Andy, and we have a guest. You want to say hi? Hi, this is Ashley Jones. Uh, I lead the women's Bible study, so I think that's why I was invited. But <laughs> it is. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Well, and, you know, I know it's been about a month since we've kind of been in Amos, but to me, I feel like it's reverberating. Like, I, I still feel like I have kind of Amos – themes kind of kind of pushing and, and, and directing and, and encouraging me kind of along the way. And so uh, I'm glad we're getting to do this. I hope it's, it's encouraging because I really did. I, I, I enjoyed this book. It's the first time I preached through it. Uh, and I, usually going to the minor prophets is not, uh, you know, what uh, everybody thinks is the real, uh, you know, eye catcher of a sermon series. <laughs> But I actually, I felt like it actually created some somewhat of a buzz. You got a lot of laughter responses from other pastors when you told them about Amos, right? I did. I did. Almost everybody was like, why? <laughs> or you got responses, like we were talking about earlier, that this is your response to COVID, which is yeah. not the case, right? No, it really, you know, the way we kind of plan out uh, the sermons here at Redeemer is is we actually try to have them kind of a year planned at a time and kind of think through that and... And it was about this time last year that I, I didn't know 2020 was uh, an election year, but I was like, you know what? Amos is kind of pointing us to the things that God matters and the things that matter to God. And I think that would be a good thing as, as voters and participants and whatever 2020 is going to look like to be looking at those things. Yeah. Um, it then got a lot more applicable and a lot more kind of connections <laughs> in the culture. And sure. so. Yeah, it, but it was about a year b- before we actually went through it. And so I love how God works through his word. And uh, I always think about my, my pastor brother, Billy, the growing up that said, always quoted the Hebrew passage. that says, God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces to the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Mm. And I hope that that's what Amos did. I hope it really got into our hearts and kind of moved in us. Yeah. You know, and Ashley, I really do appreciate the women uh, walking through that and studying the book as we've done it. I know that next year, this is a little bit of a, we can do a little bit of a commercial yeah. here because sponsored by Redeemer's Women's Bible Study. <laughs> no, but next year, I think it's kind of cool. You're, you're, this is the first time in a while you're not going to be walking through the books that, that I'm preaching through or that the church is preaching through. Well, technically we doing? will, but because we're going to be doing all of the Bible. You'll be doing more. You're doing the whole Bible. <laughs> yes. So what is that going to look like? So next year we're going to be following um, a chronological Bible reading plan that the Bible recap puts on. Yeah. And so uh, a few of us here at Redeemer did that this year and followed through. There's a reading plan and then a daily podcast that you listen to. And um, the few of us that did it this year really enjoyed it. And there's a lot of extra 
resources and notes each day and different things you can dig into. And so the Women's Bible Study, we want to take the time to dig deeper next year and, and invite more people to join us. So um, <clears throat> we'll actually be doing it with our regroup as well. So oh, cool. um, yeah, if anybody else wants to join in and it's going to be going to be fun. So yeah, we'll be covering the, all the books of the Bible, not all just the ones that exactly. you're preaching awesome. on next year. Yeah. If someone had not heard of the Women's Bible Study until now, how would they, should they just get in touch with you if they want to Yep, they can get in, in touch with me, and um, my information is all over our website. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and we meet on Thursday nights weekly and um, at 7 p.m. Awesome. And, well, yeah. and I like it that you, y'all meet for a while, then you'll you'll take kind of strategic breaks throughout the year. Right. And I always think that that's great to, to kind of get, let it breathe and, and be able to do that, so. Yeah, with the next year with the Bible recap, it, it is a year-long study through the Bible, but we are going to structure it that people can jump in and out as they need to yeah. and join us for certain periods of time, and um, it'll be very welcoming and easy, and it's pretty laid back, so if somebody can't keep up with the whole plan, they could still jump in. Cool. And right now, are y'all meeting in person at all, or is it all on Zoom? It's week by week, but okay. this week will be Zoom, and right now we're covering an Advent series that we actually study started in November ahead of Advent, but uh, <laughs> That's okay. yeah, we're enjoying it. You're just getting ready to wait on yes. Advent coming, which is the waiting. We're waiting for coming. the waiting, but now like it has started. So. That's great. How how did you feel like looking forward to studying Amos? Like, was that intimidating or were you like, what is Andy thinking making us study Amos? Um, I really didn't know much about Amos, so I didn't, like you said, anytime there's a minor prophet, it's not something you just really get super excited about necessarily but um yeah so I I didn't know much about it so I didn't have any context going in but we used this time we we go through different resources but this time we used precepts Mm -hmm. um, ministries inductive Mm -hmm. study and uh, that one that's a good one to go back to when we're not sure about the book Mm -hmm. and it's very uh, structured how it leads us through it so I didn't have to worry too much about studying through it I knew that the structure would be there well, and one of the things that, that in choosing to do the books that we're studying through, I, I've, I've always enjoyed uh, that you've gone, it's just easy to pick the book that you're on. Like, you're like, it just makes the decision for me. But what I like about that is I want our church to be rooted in the Bible. Right. And so the decision's easy. What are we going to be preaching on this next Sunday? The Bible. What do we do in Bible study? We look at the Bible. And so I love that we have that kind of rhythm, but it does lead us into weird places like Amos, where you're (laughs) reading a thousand-year-old judgment from Amos, who's from Judah, going up to Israel and telling them all the things that God has against them. And so it has, it can have a negative tone. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that was the the thing that I, I was hoping uh, it, whenever we study the Old Testament, we always want to hold in light of the New Testament. We always want to look to the, the grace and the, the mercy that we see at Jesus and the cross. But to me, Amos, I do think it's important for us to not run there too quick. And so I think Amos kind of hit and was heavy. And so what did, what did that, I, I know that heaviness for me was kind of devotional in a way. And I have a few things that I kind of wanted to talk about just some nuggets that I kind of hung with, but for the women's Bible study, did, did you feel that heaviness or was it, was it kind of just the, the, the interaction with other people made it light? What did it feel like kind of going through that with the women? 
I would say there was definitely heaviness and with everything going on in the country, this world, it was just a time that um, over and over, it's funny, this Bible study specifically, it says it was written in, or the last copyright is 2013, but I'm pretty sure it was long before that, um, <laughs> that they wrote this. And it kept asking questions that seemed so like pointed, like um, Israel yeah. was very complacent about their sins and um, felt secure in their power. And how does that... Um, does that parallel today or just things that seemed so timely, but was obviously written seven plus years mm -hmm. ago. And so, and then obviously Amos even further back. So yeah. um, it was, we really did just sit in like the heaviness a lot of, especially about um, justice and yeah. everything that's been going on. But um, we did come to that redemption also, like you said. So. Yeah. And, and, and I think 2020, as a year has been a year where things have been kind of pulled apart and you have to kind of sit like you're in mm -hmm. isolation. There's, there's really nowhere else to go. You're, you can't, you can't just go like find some entertainment, something like we all watched all of the fluff TV that we could handle, like in the first <laughs> month. Right. <laughs> and we, and you sit there and, and I think that, that, the, the thing I want to encourage people who maybe haven't listened to the sermon series or didn't go to the Bible study, if you come to Amos, though, I do think that there's something beautiful that happens if you'll sit with it, if you'll wait, you know, on it. And um, uh, a, a lot of times the, I, I don't know if I hit this in my sermons enough, but Amos 3, verse 2, there were a number of, there were a number of, um, uh, commentators and a lot of people who spoke about it and stuff kept saying that Amos 3, 2 is the, the theme verse. Hmm. You're like, oh, okay, the theme verse. You're like, the thesis, the, the, this is what's going to get you through. And the Amos 3, 2 says this, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Huh. <laughs> that's oh, good. All right. Good. That's not a good bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to land there. And so, Josh, when you look at it, that, and I actually think there's a pretty good defense that that's the theme of the, this yeah. book, you kind of moved down. Had we started Amos yet? I don't know. Because moved you moved here? here in COVID. Yeah. I, like I said, it's so hard to remember when anything <laughs> happened. I, th I think the Amos started a little bit after we got here. So I think. Okay, that, a little bit. So you yeah. kind of, what was it like for you to kind of come in and, and, you're in, you're moving here, you're trying to be a part of it, but, but I know that you have a little bit of, uh, of Hebrew kind of love and, and, and care for in your study. <laughs> yeah. What was it like that we were in an Old Testament prophet uh, at, that, that had, how did you react to that? I mean, I was excited because like you said, I, have, I love the Old Testament. Um, and I think that I, um, I get very excited whenever we look at books like this that seem like they're really justice-oriented. And mm -hmm. one of the faults is that, of a perspective like that, is I can come to a book like Amos and be like, all right, get them. Tell them about how they're not doing justice. And all of Amos is kind of like, and that's the whole point of this verse here, is like, it's not about like how bad they are as, any more than that's highlighting that you're even worse. Yeah. Um, so in some ways I was like not, <laughs> couldn't couldn't be ready for like the, conviction that comes along with studying something like this. Well, and I do think that we all need to hold on to that. And to yeah. me, that's one of my favorite parts about the book was the opening. Like, I, 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 th I thought it was really cool when you look at the opening and you see how he started this. 
And I thought it was, um, I thought it was such a great uh, sermon tool by Amos that he used. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was great. I hope it hit uh, in our church because it hit me. Because it starts out and it's for these three things and for four. And so it's this poetic thing that says, it's like three strikes and you're out. And you've got a fourth strike. Like it's, it's the, and this keeps going. Yeah. It keeps going. And he talks about all these other people and God's judgment will not be held back. God's judgment will not be held back. And when you look at the geography, as you study this, you start realizing it's one reason why we actually put up the Bible project posters Mm -hmm. because they showed it and they go, this is a target. Like what happens is you're like, yeah, get them. (laughs) Next one comes. Yeah, get them. And it's getting closer and closer to us, to yeah. me. Yeah. And to me, that, that's, what I, that's what I kept sitting with with Amos is that I, I felt God's judgment upon my sin, mm-hmm. on the heaviness of, where, of what I was doing that was not rightly relating to him and rightly relating to others. And then not only me, but then us. And so to me, that's the, like one of the most defining aspects of Amos is the us factor is that it's us. So it's not singular. It's not all about me, but it's also not about them. Yeah. It's about us. It kind of pulls us in and says, this is God. And, and to me, the redemptive part of that verse, when we, we read that and you're like, Man, therefore, I will punish all your iniquities. There's two things that I, I, I don't know if I, if I hit on all the time through my sermons that I wanted to kind of point out in that is, number one, you only have I known. I actually felt very known by God hmm. because I don't look like I'm dashing people on the rocks and destroying nations. I, I don't look like that. Yeah. Everybody thinks I'm a pretty nice guy. <laughs> but he goes, I know you. And he goes, I know us. And I think sometimes what's happened here in our culture is I think us has been revealed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite as pretty as we, we could do it. I, I think 2020 has slowed us down a little bit. And so some of our magic work where we'd say, hey, look over this hand. Well, so don't look at this other hand where that's a little bit more difficult. Everything's slowed down and we see it. And it's been re- kind of revealed. And so, number one, the redemption that God knows us, we can't fool him, we're known, but then, uh, and one of the, the, the commentators that I read kept saying, we have to understand in the Old Testament when we hear judgment, that God's judgment is not, we need to not think it is God's anger. Now, it's his wrath, and those are a little bit different. But anger, that idea of burning, and I'm just going to take you out. Mm -hmm. Because if God was going to take us out, we would have been taken out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So every time we hear God's judgment upon us, it's actually a call for redemption. So Amos actually is a call for us to repent, to turn back. These things that you're doing are are worthy of God's wrath and and, and his anger. But he, but why then is he writing Amos? Because he's calling us back. So did, how did y'all see the redemptive nature kind of in the women's Bible study? How did you kind of 
pull back into not just be angry or not, or, or honestly not just be crushed and pulverized by the, the weight of the book. Right. Yeah. I think chapter four really highlighted that of, mm-hmm. you know, he said, I brought famine, I brought drought, blight, mm-hmm. pestilence, all these things, yet you have not returned to me. Yeah. And <clears throat> there were a lot of other passages that we looked up with that. And it just pointed us back to at like Hebrews 12 and talks about God's disciplining his children because he loves them. And he's bringing all these things to them. Like he's punishing them. He's not destroying them. And so he, he gave these things to try to turn them back to him. Not like you said, if he wanted to destroy them and it was just about the wrath, he could have done that instantly. And he didn't. And um, it's easy to look at this book and, or any, a lot of the old Testament books and just see when he does finally bring the, judgment and the wrath but Mm -hmm. to forget and it it talks about you know that he brought all the prophets ahead of time and so really all the prophets show his like slowness to anger and and the grace that he gave over and over again yes there is wrath and destruction that comes to it but it's always to turn them back to him not to just leave them in their sin and abandon them or completely destroy them and so but it's it's hard to it's easy to think of like Old Testament God, wrath and New Testament Jesus and grace. And really it's like his grace is poured out through the whole Old Testament and Mm. all the prophets when he doesn't destroy them every single time that they deserve it. But it's hard to see those things. And it was, I mean, when we were studying that famine, drought, blight, pestilence, overthrowing of power, it's like hard to not say, is that what we're in now? You know, to not draw parallels like we said. And and I think sometimes people will... I think sometimes evangelicals have cheapened that mm-hmm. and said, oh, the reason why we have a pandemic is because of, and they say this one thing. Right. And you kind of want to go, I think Amos is like, no, the pandemic is just another time. It is a brokenness of this world. This world is not how it should be. We should need to wake up that it, that we don't have righteousness and justice flowing like a river. Right. You know? And I, I think sometimes we cheapen it and I think we cheapen it because I don't know if we trust grace. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read Amos and it truly hits us like a ton of bricks. Like, I think that's the whole purpose of it. It's going to take unbelievably powerful, ultimate grace to be able to redeem that. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes we're scared of that grace. We mm-hmm. go, hold on, I can't be that bad because I don't know if God's grace can reach that far. And I think Amos is saying, no, let me show you how bad it is. And God's judgment will come because God has to judge the, these horrible things. Yeah, It's good for God to hate these things that are destructive. It's good for that. And we go, but then that means I'd be, I'm crushed. And God says, that's why I'm telling you. So that to call you to, rede- to repent, to return. Right. To be able to do that. I think that it's interesting to think about like I was starting this episode apologizing that we're like a few weeks late talking about Amos, but it's sort of fitting. I think thinking about Advent and I've seen some people talking about how in some ways all of 2020 has felt like Advent, like we've all just been waiting and that's what Advent is, is like sort of a, like traditionally Advent is not like the bright, colorful Christmas celebration so much as it's like a, it's a, it's a more solemn observance. Like you're waiting for this hope that's to come both like looking back on the old Testament and waiting for God's fulfillment of his promises then and waiting for like 
the fullness of the kingdom to come now. And we're here. Now we're in actual Advent, and it feels like we've been waiting for a long time. It's not like December 24th is going to come or 25th, and everything's going to be like fixed in the world. But I think that Amos sets us up for the patience of Advent in some ways. Yeah. That, like, yeah. I think that it's easy to see that God has poured out so much grace upon us and say, like, we should be focusing on celebrating that and not, yeah. like, seeing the weight of the things that came before the grace. And I think yeah. that that's also important in some ways. Like, and in the same way that if, if you're going through, like, a particularly hard season, people saying, like, well, God's going to be there for you. It's all going to work out in the end. Isn't really that encouraging. Like that sort mm-hmm. of feels like a, a cheap platitude when you're in the midst of it. Like there's something about the reality of like the grief existing and having to like wait while it's there. Yeah. That doesn't diminish the reality of the hope at the end, of, like at the end of the journey. But I don't know. I sort of feel like I've lost my train of thought here, but I think that like, I don't know. Lamenting, I feel like, is kind of like yeah. what you're talking about. And I feel like that's something that's come up a lot in 2020. And yeah, sure. that is in Amos as well. So I think it ties together. But, like, yeah, just sitting in that grief and not just, like you said, moving past it yeah. with, with easy words. I think that it gives us we, – we talked about the Advent. I really like that connection of Advent has an anchor that's ahead. Like it has a point, it has a focal point. And I think that this year it's been kind of inescapable for us to not feel the, the, the death that we've seen globally. It's impossible for us to do that. And Amos yeah. gives us permission to go, nope, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like sometimes, like, well, no, you know, it's not that bad. Nope. Nope, it's bad. This is difficult. This has been a global impact. Yeah. And to me, I think Advent gives us this focal point. So much that, I, like, we're, we're pretty, in our, at our house, we're pretty strict. You know, Thanksgiving, then you put everything up. Like, two weeks earlier, we put up our Christmas tree. <laughs> we, were, we were really excited to get to the waiting it's not there yet, but we, we, there's something kind of comfort. There's something comfort of going, of lamenting and going, this isn't it. But we do have a hope that that's is. And, and we're talking, we're, you know, having this podcast while people in our church who are hurting, who are losing loved ones, whose loved ones are in the hospital. And I think Amos goes, and that's wrong. And Amos says, if we're treating other people like everything is fine, the, the catch on as, the, as you go to like, oh, well, everything's fine for us. Well, no, but other people deserve that honor and that, that dignity and that respect. And I think sometimes we just go, I don't, I don't know what to do if I'm there. Well, what we do is we wait and we look. And so to me, I, I wanted to kind of ask this question. So maybe this is, I have a, I have a weird answer to this. So I wanted to see if I could throw it out to y'all. Okay. So, what story, when you look at Amos, what story do you think of in the New Testament? So I want you to think for a second. So if, you, if you're looking at Amos and you're thinking through, he went, he's going to the people of Israel, and he's saying, 
you're not caring for the marginalized. You know, the, the big imagery that we used was that God is a God of righteousness and justice. It, it should flow like a river mm-hmm. just to everywhere. And that, that what he tells them is, and y'all are dams to that river. You're damming that up and you're hurting other people. I think there's a strong understanding in Amos that, and you're hurting yourself. Yeah. And so what do you, can you, can you think of a New Testament story that you kind of go to? that you think about? A lot of it reminds me of the Pharisees. Okay. Um, because it talks about, he says, you know, I don't want your songs and your sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and really they were like living in prosperity as far as their economy was going and they, they were keeping up the religious practices. You yeah. know, they, it wasn't like they were just completely dismissing God. They were worshiping other gods, but they were also, you know, going and worshiping and um, keeping up the appearances somewhat. Um, And so I kind of think of the Pharisees and just the law and the things they added to the law and um, and and that they were like not compassionate to the poor or, you know, they were, they were building their own power up. And I think one thing that's powerful in, in Amos is that the people who are being told this, thought that they were worshiping Yahweh. Right. They thought their religion was pure and good. And they're going, they're going, I hate your religion. And then I think the Pharisees had a lot of that too. The Pharisees were the zealots, the holiest of all the holy people. They were, the, the Pharisees were not the people who gained all the power in during Jesus's time and had all the money and all the prestige. They were the, we are holier than holy. And Jesus said the same thing. He goes, no, 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 your righteousness is found in your deeds and your religion, not in who God is. Mm-hmm. It says you're the children of the devil. You're like, you're, you're, I mean, and, and so I think that's a great connection. What about you, Josh? Can you think of one? I mean, Ashley stole my answer. I was gonna, <laughs> oh, good. <Okay. laughs> I, I was going to go that way yeah. because I was just thinking about like these woes, like woe to you. Yeah. Like, I feel like we got that same kind of language. Um, but she said it better than I think I could she have. Did, so. She did a really good job, didn't she? It's great. I think her answer is better than mine, but I like a little thread in mine. I kept thinking of Zacchaeus. Hmm. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was, he was a, a wee little man. A wee little man was he? No, uh, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Now, so he was not religious, but he was someone who was benefiting and taking advantage of people mm. and living a life. And he was longing for some kind of connections. For some reason he ran out after Jesus and, and, and you know, you go, you might kind of go, Oh, that, that you, what I think is interesting is the, the, the idea of, Oh, nobody liked him. And so you might think of him as an outcast, but he really was a powerful person because he was, he was in league with the Romans. But the reason why I go to Zacchaeus is, is Zacchaeus Amos 2? Because we see that Zacchaeus goes, he finds Jesus and he looks at Jesus and Jesus, he finds the love of Jesus and what it compels him to do is to then go reconcile with all the people that he had pushed aside, all the people that were, 
that, that, were, that his connection with Jesus changed the way he treated everyone else. And he went and he paid everybody back. Mm-hmm. And I, I always had this little connection of like, man, that's what I hope happened in Israel. Now, it, it, it's not. Historically, they were put into exile, and, and Amos kind of predicts that. But I'm like, man, maybe we need to be Zacchaeus. Maybe we need to, to, once again, I think the key about Zacchaeus is it wasn't, oh, he went and did all those things, so Jesus came to his house. I always loved that Jesus came to his house, and he responded with going, now I care, and now I see, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to rightly relate with others. And so I'm going to do acts of justice to, to change the way that I was taking advantage of people and being able to do that. I, I think that's a beautiful picture of he became rightly related with God. And then his response was to be rightly related with others. And so I, 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 I know that's a little bit of a weird one. Maybe a Pharisees is better, but <laughs> I, I, I was like, cause we don't really put him as a, uh, you know, a person of privilege, but I think he was there. So, um, Kind of Ashley or, or, or Josh, kind of parting thoughts or questions that you might have. Kind of for me, you know, I, I didn't want to re, reteach the whole book, but just kind of walk through it and talk about some of the big themes. And so I really appreciate you all doing that. But do, Ashley, do you have anything, kind of points that you go, this is your favorite part or a question that you might have? Well, I did have a quote from your wife, so I feel like I'd be a miss oh, to I think not you bring should. that up. But, if, if quotes um, from Christy are great. But when we were talking about Amos's response to Amaziah when he told him to stop, stop prophesying and yeah. um, Israel, that yeah. his response to him, she said, Amos's response was humble about himself, but bold about the word of God. And, wow. you know, it, it says the lion of Judah has roared. So how can we not prophesy? And, and the Bible study and K. Arthur um, really said that we are called to be prophets. Like we have the word of God. How can we not tell those around us mm-hmm. about the judgment that's coming and the good news in response to that? Mm-hmm. And then it walked us through, you know, cross references to the old new Testament of Jesus saying like, we will be prosecuted. You know, we'll have, we'll, we'll face trials because of that good word, but we have to, I don't know, like I said, how Christy put it, just, be humble about ourselves and not be worried about defending ourselves, which I think we can get caught up in. Yeah. Um, but being bold about the word of God. And so I like that. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, man, she's really smart. She is. <laughs> I like Christy a lot. That's good. <laughs> that's really good. That's great. Josh, how about you? I've got nothing. I mean, you, you, you taught it so perfectly. Oh, Just, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, I, I think um, uh, this is just a little bit more in general than just Amos, but uh, to me, the thing that I'm always overwhelmed by is how generous Redeemer's congregation is. I feel like we all come and we listen. And uh, I feel like they're generous and gracious in listening to me teach and walk through that. And um, Amos is one of those books. Uh, and I think Amos is one of those things where, uh, it's a book that challenges us Mm -hmm. and, um, to be able to be humble about ourselves and be bold about what God says, uh, part of that is we get humbled. And I feel like people listen to Amos and they really, 
they, they felt the weight of it. And I thank you for walking through that too, because when we feel that weight, we need to be feeling that weight in community with other people and going, this is hard, this is difficult. And so I, I appreciate that Redeemer is a church that graciously listens to Amos and says, God's word matters. And um, they get excited about it and they talk about it and they walk through it. And so uh, it's been really a joy and God's word is so good. He's so good to give it this and, and um, you know, people ask me, you know, and question and kind of go, why do you live your life the way it is? And I go, because the Bible is so good and true and it's so real and weighty and it doesn't run away from these moments. And so in these moments, I find that God has revealed himself through his word and through who Jesus is. And I think that that's a beautiful thing that we get to do every single week. And so thank you all for your time. I hope it's been uh, fun. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, And so uh, we'll, uh, I don't know what what the next book I could choose that people will mock and laugh at me for, but (laughs) I'm sure we'll choose it soon. Do you have a, do you have a preview of what's coming next after Advent for people? So actually still in the works. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit in the works. It's kind of fun because, uh, we're, we're actually sitting here in the room and up on the whiteboard is me working through next year. And so, uh, right now we're looking at going through Advent and then going to first Timothy. Um, and then in, uh, we're, we're kind of, there's still kind of a decision what we're going to do around Easter. But then we go down to June, and I think June is going to be Psalms. Uh, that's where we have, uh, we get to ask other people to come in and preach for four weeks in a row. And we didn't get to do that this year, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm always, I always love to be able to, for our church to hear other people. And so June will have that. I think the, then July and August, we might look at Ecclesiastes in the fall, go to Philippians. And then I think that we're going to take a big old uh, uh, bite out of Matthew at the end of 2021. And so I think Advent for 2021 is going to be Matthew, the beginning of Matthew. And then as we start 2022, go into the Sermon on the Mount and then kind of walk through the book of Matthew, which is, that's a long book. It's going to take a long time. And so a lot of 2022 will be doing that. So there's your preview. I don't, uh, it's a rough draft. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll swing around. And we've got some great people uh, coming up. We have uh, some missionaries from Southeast Asia that are going to come speak. Uh, I have a pastor friend from Oklahoma City named Randy House that we, we want to be able to bring in. A guy named Jake Snodgrass, who is a, a chaplain in the military, uh, who's a huge blessing. Uh, they're all kind of on the schedule to be able to come in and preach and, and be able to share with Redeemer uh, this next year. And so it's kind of fun to get to plan that stuff. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for joining us.